0: Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.
1: Hey, happy Mother's Day everybody, it's so fantastic to have you all here, and I hope you got one of these as you came through the door, if you haven't, then grab one. Oh, sorry, not the guys, this is for the girls, everyone 18 and up, grab one of these, there's just a few little treats in there, and you may kind of wonder, in there there's a tea bag or a hot chocolate, chocolate sachet, you may wonder what that's about, but that's just to encourage you to just take a moment for yourself and rest, so yeah, it's in the bag, and I've said it to you this morning, rest this afternoon. Okay, um, so today is day 14 of Breakthrough 21, and it's been an amazing time so far. Um, one of the things I've absolutely loved about this time, um, probably the, the thing I've loved the most actually, is the way everybody's just come together around, um, around just the, the whole idea of Breakthrough, around the whole idea of just leaning into God, and I think it's just amazing the way you've partnered um, with us, church, on this. So I just want to say thank you, thank you so much for that. There's just so much power when we come together in unity. So, Awesome. So just a wee um, like, a back view on what we've talked about over the last few weeks. So Jared preached about, um, when we launched Breakthrough 21, about positioning ourselves for freedom. Um, and some of you will remember his story about the hunting trip that he went on, and everything was perfect. He was all ready to take this shot, but there was no ammunition in his gun. So a big fail on that one. So... <laughs> But Jared, you're not a failure. Just the shot was a failure. Um, So he talked about how we need to make sure our guns are loaded, that we have ammunition in there. And we do that through giving, through prayer, fasting, and praise. Last week, Glenn talked all about the power and the victory that we have as we praise God together. Um, And no matter what we're believing for in Breakthrough, though, no matter what we might be fasting or the ways that we're using this time, the most important goal in this time is just to get closer to God, to lean into Him. And that is the goal that Glenn and I had for us as a church in this time. And, And it's just what we're really believing for, that every single person will just be able to take a step closer to God, just to be able to lean into Him a little bit more. I know for a number of people so far, this breakthrough 21 time has actually been harder than it was before. Um, Maybe you've felt more pressure or just um, things kind of coming at you. Um, I know, you know, the enemy wants to do whatever he can to stop us from stepping closer to God. So just remember, if there's stuff coming at you, don't, don't be discouraged. It's just the devil getting scared about what's going on. So, you know, he has to, he has to just flee when you rebuke him. And, and just remember that he's actually already lost. God's already won the battle. Um, the other thing that might be happening for you is God might have just been turning his light on to some areas in your life and might have just been going, okay, it's time for us to work on this. And that can be another kind of source of that pressure kind of feeling. And just know that that's okay. You know, it's okay, God's got this. He's got each one of us. It's okay. And that pretty much sums up probably how it's been for me over the last few weeks. Definitely in the first week, that feeling of pressure and of yeah, God just turning his light onto some things. And yeah, it didn't exactly feel fun at every moment, but the thing is that it's okay. You know, God's got us. We're safe. We're secure with Him. We're moving closer to Him. It's going to be good. And know too that in all of this, you are definitely not alone. Glenn and I are standing with you, believing for the breakthroughs, the church leaders are, and just together as a church, you know, we're not, this is not all about us just going after our own individual breakthrough, our own individual victory. We're in this together so that every person steps into the fullness God has for them. So this morning, I'm going to talk about another posture of breakthrough, and that is a posture of leaning into God, of just positioning ourselves closer to him, and of coming under his covering. And this might seem like a bit of a contradiction to the whole thing of fighting and to ne- needing to take that posture of fight, but actually it's it's no different. This one carries that spirit of fight, but it's just about drawing closer to him and trusting him. Now, before we go any further, I'm just going to need 10 gorgeous assistants, it can be males or females, whoever, um, but I just need you to do something that's not going to be scary, it's not embarrassing, but I do need your help. So can we have 10 people really quickly up on the stage? Abby said she would, so come on, Abby. Shall I call you out? Oh, yay, Marta. James, come on up. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, how many have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's eight, isn't it? Oh, yeah, cool. And one more. Okay, Ricky, come on. Come on, Ricky. Okay, so um, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but in my life every day, I can be wearing any number of different hats or roles or identities kind of during the day, you know, those different things that we're all involved in, and it can feel like diving in and out of these things constantly, um, and they can constantly change. So let's just look at some of these. So I'm just going to get you all to take something out of the bag, um, and one person's not actually going to take something out of the bag, but you'll have something at the end. Okay. Oh, you've got the nice easy one. Yep. Oh, yeah. Put it. Put it on. Sorry. Yes, you've got to take whatever you take out of the bag. You've got to put it on. <laughs> you're digging down to the bottom. Oh yeah. Good one, James. This is not me. Is true, Tara? <laughs> oh yeah. You've got that one, and I'm going to. You're. You've got to roll at the end. Okay. So. Let's look at these. Okay, so if you're parents, you will identify with probably a lot of these, and if you're not, you'll definitely identify with some of these. So we have the first one, and this is like our our cuddly, nurturing kind of one, you know, the one that gives hugs. So, you know, we can often do that every day. There'll be a lot of hugs that we can give to people, and just kind of that caring, gentle one. Ricky, do you want to step forward a little bit? Then we have the builder's hat here. (laughs) Watch out for Jared there. So some of you may literally be builders, so like this could be kind of like our vocational hat I suppose, but the other thing is, like if, if you're a parent, you probably spend um, many hours during the day helping build Duplo castles, or maybe building train sets, or perhaps like in our house building um, marble runs, or ruler ropes as Josiah calls them, so this is our kind of building, just getting in there one, okay, and then do you want to step forward Tim? Okay, this is our entertainment hat, yeah? Oh yeah, do a dance, yeah, go for it. So I don't know what you guys are like, but there can be moments throughout the day where we kind of like just have to provide the fun factor and the entertainment, and you know, this is something that dads seem to be especially good at, just that ridiculousness, and I didn't just say that myself, that was a parenting ink quote, just saying. So anyway, yes, we have the entertainment, and then we have this one. The policeman hat, modelled by Jared. Um, so this hat, so especially if you're parents, you'll really understand this one. So there can be moments we have to act a little bit like the police person in the house. And, you know, we might be stepping in and, and mediating or just breaking up some fights or whatever. Not that that happens in our house, but, you know, in some houses I hear that happens. Okay, so that's the police hat. And then we have the nurse's hat. So hopefully these... <laughs> I hope that was your husband. <laughs> 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 I was a
0: bit worried about that
1: hat that somebody would think that yeah anyway okay so this one actually is supposed to be a mouse <laughs> the way that we just care for and minister to people in their hurts um, so it might be our little people or it might just be people that we come across in life that you know may be hurting mentally, emotionally whatever it is but yeah we're there to just minister to them thank you very much Okay, Lisa couldn't wear this one because I couldn't find a hat like this. But this is the, the hat or the label, the role of a learner. Um, so many of you are in study of some sort, and like whether it's school, university, what, oh, look at this bear. Wow, he's clever. Um, or it might be just, you know, the, the role we take as a learner just throughout our life, you know, whether we're reading the Word of God and just learning that way or just continually growing. So that's the learning one. James is wearing the chef's apron. <laughs> And this is literally about, you know, we might, throughout our day, often prepare food. Hey, James. Um, probably more barbecue. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Just look a bit like a barbecue apron, so that's fine. So that's good. And then this is actually a pilot's hat. And I know that most of us literally don't fly planes here, but... A lot of us are taxi drivers throughout the day, whether it's um, taking our kids or somebody else to different things. And if you're anything like me, some days you can feel like you're literally flying around everywhere to get everyone to places. So yeah, just imagine taxi driver hat there. Okay, and then we have this kind of sportswear cap here. And that might be about you actually doing fitness for yourself, or it might be about that you might be a coach for um, a team. Or it might be that you're just a coach in life as well for somebody, just helping raise people up. And as parents, we're doing that continually. And also just as role models, like a lot of you youth leaders and that you're doing this for the people that you look after. So that's that one. Okay, so we just need you to come over this way. So it can look like this, you know, each wearing different hats at different moments. But it also can look a bit more like this. So So if you can all just put your hats on here in any way that you can. (laughs) So just... Good job. Oh, is it going to stay? We had one on the foot in the last message. <sighs> Maybe on your arm. You could put it on your arm. Whoa. So many times it can look a bit more like that, and literally like that, where you're like, ah, oh, what way's up? This is too hard. I'm wearing all these different hats and things. Hey, thank you very much, beautiful um, volunteers. You just need to stay here for a minute, okay. if that's okay. Thank you. So in my house, I don't get it right all the time when I'm trying to juggle these things. Um, and I don't always do it with the love. Oh yeah, good, good move. The roles that I do, I don't always do them with the love and the patience that I want to, um, especially during the intensity of Breakthrough 21 when you've got no sugar in your system. Um, but it can be very busy and tiring. But when we come to God, he wants to kind of do this with us. Just going to throw these, oh sorry, over here, just feel free to throw those other ones behind you and just stay here a moment. Okay. So when we come to God, this is what he wants to do, just remove those labels, those identities that we've um, been carrying around because actually none of those things really define us, they don't actually give us identity, they don't actually provide us with security or covering or anything like that, they're just kind of rolls we step in and out. The only um, role, the only title, the only name that we need to come to God with is this one. So I don't know which way up it is, but just feel free to unroll that one and turn it around. Yeah, there we go. That's the only way that we need to come to God, just as a child of God, resting and secure in him. Hey, thank you so much. You have been wonderful. Can we make sure she gets a little one of those packs as well? If there's some more out there, so if someone can do that. There's an incredible story in the Bible that paints this picture so beautifully, and I think that's the story of Ruth. So rather than read the whole four chapters to you today, just for the sake of time, I thought I would just kind of fill you in on a bit of the story. Um, So background info, Naomi um, is one of the stars in the story, and she is an Israelite. So she left the land of Israel with her husband and two sons during the time of a famine in the area that she lived in, and they decided to go and settle in the land of Moab. And just a little bit about the Moabite people um, and some notes I found. They were described as a thorn in Israel's side. They constantly oppressed their Israelites. They worshipped idols and carried out obscene rites, including human sacrifice. That's awful stuff, but it just helps to kind of paint the picture of the story. So they're in Moab, and unfortunately in this time, Naomi's husband and then her two sons die. And Naomi is left with Orpah um, and the heroine of the story, Ruth, her two daughter-in-laws. Now, Ruth uh, and Naomi and Orpah decide to head back to Naomi's um, hometown because they hear that the famine has ended. So off they head on the journey, walking along the road. And they haven't got very far before Naomi just says to her daughter-in-laws, hey, return home. Just go back to the house of your mother. I bless you. I release you from having to stay with me. It's best for you to go back. So they, she thinks they're going to head on back. Um, but no, they actually burst into tears and say no, we're not going to leave you so then Naomi gets a little bit more real with them and, and paints the picture of what they might be walking into Of there's not actually much hope around provision for them she definitely can't provide them with any more husbands and in Naomi's mind it's even more hopeless she actually says these words God's hand has turned against me that's how she's feeling, pretty desperate So eventually, after more crying, um, Orpah decides that she will go back. But Ruth says this. She says, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Amazing words, eh? So in that moment, she made a conscious decision, Ruth did, that she was going to follow Naomi, no matter what. And not only that, that she was going to follow God. A lot of love in that statement, eh? So they continue walking along the road, but I don't think that this would have been a very easy trip in many ways. Like physically, it would have been hard, They're walking. Along dusty roads, but also just imagine what's going on in their mind and their emotions in this time. I don't know if there'd be really a whole lot of peace, definitely not for Naomi. I think there'd be all sorts of fears and doubts and what ifs and just like, what are we going to walk into? Not only that, but I think that Naomi probably um, was carrying shame as well. So she's returning to her homeland after 10 years being away. She is returning without her husband and her two sons. And, you know, children, and, um, for Jewish people, it's just such a sign of blessing. So for her to return without her children, it's kind of like, you know, very much like, oh, you're under a curse kind of thing. Um, not only that, she's returning with her Moabite daughter-in-law. Um, and probably for Ruth, that would have meant um, like shunning, basically like, no, we don't want anything to do with you. And at the least for Naomi, it would make her frowned upon too. So they return to Naomi's hometown, but they don't have any source of income. What are they going to do for food? So Ruth says to Naomi, please let me go and glean um, or gather um, from the fields. So Ruth sets off to a nearby field. Little did she know whose field she was about to step into. So here enters the hero of the story, Boaz. Boaz is looking out in his field and he spies Ruth. His interest is sparked. And he asks the overseer, you know, who she is. So the overseer explains the situation. And um, so Boaz says to Ruth, continue to just gather in my field. He not only does that, but he gives her food to eat at mealtime. Um, and he says to his workers, please just pull out some extra bits of grain from the sheaths and leave them there for her to gather. He says this to Ruth. I have been made fully aware of everything that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and mother in the land of your birth, and have come to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for your kindness, and may your reward be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Not only has she shown such love and respect for Naomi, she's also chosen to follow God, but not just that, she's chosen to actually come under his wings of refuge. So chapter three, this is the pinnacle moment of the story, the high point, the awesome moment, the moment of risk and of incredible love. So Naomi remembers this other Jewish law, and this is the law of guardian redeemer. So, under the instruction of Naomi, Ruth decides um, that she will go and do what Naomi said. So, this is the next part of the plan. Um, So, yes, guardian redeemer, but basically this is about snagging the husband. So, this is the advice... And Ruth had a lot of trust in Naomi. Yes, obviously the customs of the day made this all okay, but still this is kind of a big deal. So um, Naomi says to Ruth, go um, to Boaz on the threshing floor. Um, He's sleeping there, basically guarding his grain. She says to him, go and lie down at his feet and then wait to see what he says. So I guess for Ruth, she would have had that feeling of, okay, I trust Naomi I know I've found some favour with Boaz, so I have a certain amount of trust in him, but then I think maybe just a whole lot of hope. But if the plan went wrong for her, it could mean really um, huge ridicule and further shame on her. So she does all of this. She uncovers his feet, lies down at his feet, and in the middle of the night he goes, what's it at my feet? And she goes, it's me, your servant Ruth. And she says, spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Just hold that thought for later. We'll go back to that. So he blesses her and honors her again. But then he says, "Uh uh-oh, hey, there's another closer relative that should be guardian redeemer, not me. And he says to Ruth, though, don't worry, just light my feet till morning and I'll go sort it out. And that's the most important part of the story right there, that last little bit we've talked about. But we won't leave it there because every story needs a really happy ending, doesn't it? Well, in my world, every story has to have a happy ending. Every movie, you can't watch one that doesn't have a happy ending. Um, So the next day he goes quickly to sort this matter of the guardian redeemer um, business out. And so he talks to the other guy. Basically, the other guy, when he finds out that it would involve taking a wife, he says, no, don't want any part of it. So Boaz marries Ruth. They have a son named Obed, who is the grandfather of King David, and then is in the lineage of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? A tragic, hopeless story turned absolutely on its head into something really beautiful, really hope-filled, and not only that, but with Jesus in the lineage, amazing. So back to this guardian redeemer thing, so is guardian and redeemer, it's in some ways like a type or a symbol of the way Jesus is our redeemer. So the first um, thing with that is Boaz favoured Ruth, but he's a gentleman, and so he waited for Ruth to come to her, he didn't say, right, you have to love me. In um, same way with Jesus, you know, he loves us dearly, but he doesn't tell us that we have to love him. He doesn't make us be in relationship with him. He waits for us to come to him. The next thing is, Boaz carries out this amazing act of redemption, not only for Ruth, but also for Naomi. So he brings Ruth into relationship, but he also provides covering for her and covering for Naomi. His redemption also involves this other incredible thing, which is purchasing back her land. So these guardian redeemers um, back in the day, they would actually buy back the land um, if it had been like basically kind of, it's almost like it was leased out if somebody couldn't um, pay for it at the time. It was almost like it was leased back until they could buy it back. In this situation, the guardian redeemer bought it back, but he didn't buy it back to be under his own name, under his own title. He bought it back to be under the name and the lineage of um, Naomi's family. So he's giving them back their inheritance. And it's Ruth's posture in coming to Boaz and his act of covering her that I really want to focus on this morning. Now I believe the Holy Spirit is really here today and he's wanting to cover us today. He's wanting to cover us with his presence, with his love. Just that tangible encounter that you would know that you're safe and secure with him. And I believe these two things are just really key to our growth and to actually seeing breakthrough as well. Um, the posture of trust and of covering, coming under his covering. So first thing, that posture of trust. So Ruth has no idea what's going to happen when she approaches Boaz on the um, threshing floor, but like I said earlier, she trusts Naomi and she trusts that she has found some favour with Boaz. She would have had all sorts of doubts, but she didn't let the doubts and the fears become bigger than her trust. She put the trust at the top. So you might say, yeah, that's easy for her, but you know, how do we actually do this? So it's not about moving forward um, without fear. We still often have fear. It's just about moving forward, stepping closer to God in spite of the fear. She doesn't only just come to Boaz from a position of trust, but here's the incredible thing. Once she's there, she actually rests. She actually lies down at his feet and rests there till morning. Um, She's found that favor, and she's so confident in Boaz to, to sort it all out that she just rests there. And for us, I think it's about approaching God just from that childlike place of trust and of rest, of knowing that he's got it. Just approaching him as one of his precious and fiercely loved children. You know, Think about the amount of trust that a child places in um, their parent. And I know when I take Josiah to the pool, he'll often jump out on the side and just play the game of throwing himself into my arms. He absolutely is fully convinced that I'll catch him. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it. And it's the same for us. As kids, we need to just throw ourselves in God's arms, knowing that he'll catch us. No matter what storm is going on around us, he's big enough and strong enough. Now, Psalm 91, that's probably one of my favourite all-time psalms. Um, if you haven't read it, then I encourage you to just go home today and read it. I just want to read to you the first two verses, because these two verses are just things that I cannot escape from and over the last month. God just keeps um, highlighting them to me. It goes like this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Amazing words. When I find a verse like that, I like to go back to the original Greek or Hebrew just to find out the full meaning, because unfortunately our English language is just not really that great in um, fully describing the words that were written back in the Bible. So ESWORD, um, store that away for future reference, is a great tool to just go and check up the meanings. So I took the meanings from these words, from the main words in that um, verse, and just inserted them here, and so this is what is actually being meant, a way that we could read it. In verse 1, whoever sits down and settles under the covering and protection of the Most High will stay permanently in the shade and the defence of the Almighty. Isn't that awesome? I think it looks something like this. So sit down like this in his presence and stay there. Covered by his love, covered by his presence now with that feeling of covering is that feeling of warmth and safety and security, but this awful, also this feeling of being hidden, just like hiding in him, that everything's going to be okay. Whether we just need to feel hidden away from the troubles of the world or just whatever it is, we can be hidden with him. I think that's what that um, verse is trying to say. Now, this morning, I've asked the incredible Lisa McEfree just to come and share a little bit of her story with us, and her story is around just that whole thing of needing to come to God for his safety and security in a really hard time, so let's welcome Lisa out this morning. (laughs) Lisa's an incredible leader with just such a massive heart for God and for other people, and yeah, thank you, Lisa. You're awesome.
0: Thank you, Deb. Isn't she awesome? We've got amazing leaders in our church. Hi family, oh, you're all lovely, we're so blessed in this church, I hey, never take that for granted Yeah, right, well I hope my <laughs> iPad behaves today, <laughs> now because of the first session oh, oh my gosh, it's done it again, you see, here we go Jared, I've got the mic twice. <laughs> I know you want it. My turn. Um, yeah, so this morning I chose to talk about breakthrough, but in the area of the mind, because um, <clears throat> it's probably the area that we all struggle the most in. It's where it all happens, isn't it? Where um, those untruths come and jump up and... Take us out, and also in the era of mental illness, which I'm talking about this morning. So, I have had um, struggled uh, with OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. And <coughs> the obsessive part is where you have thoughts and they can't naturally move to the next step in your brain, um, so you get locked in those thoughts, and the compulsive part is when you do an action to take away the pain of the obsessive thought. So it could be simply to, um, like, you know, maybe uh, you need to lock your door. This is a very simple case of it. Obviously, it can get a lot bigger than that, and you need to go back and check and check, and check, and check um, the door to make sure that's locked. Now, a lot of people have that kind of thing going on. It doesn't mean they're in full OCD, but, um, yeah. So you feel like your uh, thoughts have been uh, life is really, really invaded. <coughs> okay. Um, So I've had this condition for about the best part of about 20 years, and um, and then maybe five years ago, um, funny enough, God planted me in this amazing, loving church. Uh, might even have been a little bit longer than that. I also have an amazing family, and amazing, loving friends, Uh, awesome husband, the best in the world. (laughs) Yeah. yeah uh, but you know um, after a while I just end up and uh, your brain burns out um, because what the nocy brain is it's lit up completely your, your mind is always lit up not like a normal brain which just lit up where you need it and, um, and there's it's lost its connection between one point and the next so um, with that disorder you're going to need help <laughs> and I did so but I always I had prayer and deliverance for a long time, um, but you know, I was still unwell, um, And um, I was really disappointed <laughs> because I hoped that God would heal me, like he healed me of everything else I'd had. Um, you know, back and sinus and all that kind of thing. So you know, I was waiting for this amazing healing, and also, I really was in shame. I did not want people to know, and so there was like that little lie tucked away there that um, was a great place for the enemy to land and cause a lot of havoc in my life. Um, but the best part of the story draw to come. So I remember somebody praying for me Seek first the kingdom of heaven And his righteousness And it will all be given unto you Yay, I want that So with that I really drew into God I basically lay down everything in my life I was involved with a whole heap of stuff So that was a bit of a tear But um, had to happen Because I just basically couldn't get out of the house um, And the Lord uh, planted on my heart Psalm 23, which is my favourite, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I make you lie down. Now, that part make, I really liked at the time because I thought, yeah, it was God's idea for me to lie down. (laughs) But um, God is indeed our maker and he doesn't tell us what to do. (laughs) Um, You know, it's always up to us to draw into harm. In And the context of make it in that Psalm 23, it means to adjust, to counterbalance, to equalise, to level, to compose and to create, which God is our creator. So we're lying down, he's going to create us into what he has purposed to us in the first place. Yeah. Yay, it's a good idea. So the thing about yielding, in the shelter of God, under his wing, and his comfort, as Deb's talked about, fear is not our friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a place when you inherit hope, peace, for me, and a way through, a plan. We all need to have something to look to uh, to get through um, whatever we're going through. So I had oh, constantly for years and years asked God, for the shoes of peace. I felt that part of my armour was missing, and I didn't have it. Although I did have it in a regard, um, as I carried the gospel of God in me, um, I just didn't feel peace. And um, I remember the day when I felt my shoes were being put on, and, yeah, I wear nice shoes now, check these out. Because... um, (laughs) And Gerard's got nice shoes too, (laughs) just saying Okay um, Yeah, the hope hope part of it for me Is just like that connection with God And knowing that he's for us, not against us And like that deep I'm loved by God, you know Uh, That's not far away from anybody Um, The way through, step by step I believe God led me to get help I needed a professionals, doctors, medication, um, with the very experience. I needed to to walk this way. So never let anybody tell you the lie that if you speak it, it will become you, because it's a lie and that's where the enemy um, sits. Um, You and I lived in that lie for a long time. Um, Yeah, so I put off my healing. And I experienced God's tender, loving mercies uh, as he told me to lay everything down. As I brought my condition into the light and started sharing it with people I trusted, I remember actually sharing it with you, Glenn, and you said to me, go to the doctor. You know, that might sound really forward, but you did, you said that, and, and I remember thinking, yeah, I'm going to go to the doctor, you know, that was really helpful, that's like from a spiritual head of our church, saying, you know, go to the doctor, you, you, you need, um, we'll pray for you, and we'll stand with you, um, but yeah, so that was cool, thank you, Glenn, so you're the start of that. <laughs> 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 oh. Anyway, oh, we were there. Oh. Anyway, I brought the condition into the light, which is absolutely paramount, and I started sharing with my life group, yeah, and people that I could trust and still love me no matter, you know, what, if I cleaned the floor 20 times before they came or whatever, whatever. Um, You know, I don't live out of that place anymore, but I did. And when I went out for a meeting at night, I would drive round and round and round at night going home because I thought I'd run over somebody. And, and that's, it just haunted me. It haunted me. A lot of the fear came from, you know, hurting other people or whatever, whatever. But it was a horrible thing to live with. Um, so not so long ago, I asked God why he hadn't healed, he hadn't healed me. Um, and he said, Lisa, I need you to know you need people. And, you know, that had been this has been my walk for a long time, unity. God's been teaching me about unity. I had no idea about it. Um, and God had been dealing with my independent spirit because we're all fiercely independent, as New Zealanders. We don't know it, but we are. <laughs> we are really, really strong, strong people, and we think we have to do it all ourselves, but we so don't. Um, anyway, I sense um, my senses here finishing off, and the music starts. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not taking you for granted, you're awesome. But this is my moment, <laughs> <laughs> and I will not be robbed of it. <laughs> uh, <whew>! Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we are we? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that we all, as people that love the Lord, love under the glory of God yeah we li- that's where we love. but there's an ugly thing it comes in and um, it, it comes in the name its name's threat and it hovers over each one of us yeah so I'm saying, bring it into the light, yield yourself to God, bring it into the light tell somebody that you trust yeah don't give it any more room um Don't give that condition another day or that thought or that lie because that lie will be so close to the truth. Say what's on your mind. Say what's hurting you. (sighs) Don't let him mess with your mind. It's where he lands. Yeah. Don't let that lie rob you of another day of joy. Let's stand together. Not, no. Oh, that was quite powerful. Uh, (laughs) you could do that. That's so far. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Stand together in the light and be unified in Christ Jesus. And um Donna gave this awesome, awesome word at our life group. I hope she can she'll get the opportunity to share it, but you know, like as we become whole, as our household becomes whole. Um, in our church, we become like this amazing circle of strength and of power. But I'll let the rest go to Donna because she has got this wonderful heart word for the, for the church and the people. And, um, oh, sorry. radio, I'm out of here. Good stuff. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you. Hey, thank you, Lisa, for just, for sharing so openly and honestly. And not only was shame removed from your life, but in this moment, you've removed shame from other people as well. So thank you for that. Now, like Lisa was talking about, she came under the covering of God. She went to that place of resting and lying down in his presence. And then God showed her the steps and the victory and the way out and the healing. Now back to Ruth, and she said to Boaz, spread the corner, or in other versions, the hem of your garment over me. What she's actually asking Boaz for there is for him to redeem her, for him to bring her into relationship with him. She's also asking for a restoration of inheritance and for him to remove any shame. Healing for her, just like Lisa was talking about. For Ruth, no longer an outcast as a Moabite woman, but fully brought in, fully covered. See, when the presence and the love of God covers us, there's no room for any shame. The Bible says that love covers. That's everything, totally, completely. It also says that nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing that we've done, nothing that we haven't done. Under the covering of God, there's no shame and there's no separation. Now just another incredible part about this story is what the word, um, the hem of his garment actually means. So it's the Hebrew word shul here. And it's actually an emblem of rank of authority. Just like the stripes on the shoulder of a pilot or a soldier show their authority. So if Ruth was actually asking Boaz to put the authority of his house over here, knowing that she would come under his covering, under his protection, under his security. In the same way, when we rest in the covering of Jesus, like Lisa was talking about, we're resting safely under the covering, but under the covering of his authority. That same authority that rose Jesus from the dead, that's the sort of authority that we're sitting under. Isaiah 3015 says, And repentance and rest is your salvation, and quietness and trust is your strength. And if we get the original Hebrew words in there and just put them in, it reads like this In returning and resting will you be free and safe. In quietness, being still and trusting is your force, your valor, your victory, your power and resting in God. That's our source of victory and power. How do we do this? Like Lisa talked about, first of all, we acknowledge that we need God. We come to Him. And we keep putting ourselves close to Him, however that may be, whether that's reading the Bible, whether that's praying, whether that's putting worship music on. Maybe it's going to church. hope it's going to church. Maybe it's just talking with someone, like Lisa said, talking about being real. And We just keep choosing to move closer to Him, no matter what circumstances are going on around us. No matter how hard things get, we choose to keep moving closer to Him. Now as we come to Him as His child, as we continue to lean in, we'll find not only that source of peace, safety, rest, security, but we come under the covering of His authority and His power. I don't know where you're at this morning and seeing your victories. Maybe you have seen massive victories and breakthroughs. Yay, that's awesome. We celebrate that. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. Then we stand with you. We're believing with you. What we just sang about this morning, you know, God will fulfill His promises. Or maybe it feels like for you that things have gotten worse lately. And that's okay too. God's got it. Just come to Him. Run to Him under His shoulder. Psalm 91, I just wanted to read to you just a few little verses from that as we close. When you sit enthroned, this is a Passion Translation. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under His covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. Just at the end it says, For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will find and you will feel my presence. That's the truth of the Word of God this morning. I felt like God's saying today that there's some people that need to know what it is to come under His shelter, under His covering, like that big blanket that we wrapped around. Maybe you've been carrying around shame. God does not say shame on you. His words are shame off you. Maybe you've just felt exposed in some way. Maybe that's just, maybe there's just the stuff of life, just the circumstances of life that have just left you feeling really vulnerable. Maybe the opinions of others have left you feeling exposed or maybe you just feel like just you're under attack. If that's you this morning, if you either you just need to know that covering so that shame is no longer has any place or maybe you just need to know that covering so you no longer feel exposed, And I just invite you as we sing this last song just to come forward, just to respond. We're gonna stand with you, pray for you, and we're just gonna see the Holy Spirit come. And like we talked about in the last bit of that verse, that you would not just know His presence, but you would feel His presence around you this morning. So let's just stand and sing this last song. If that's you, if you wanna know that covering this morning, then just come on up.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information...